He is the co-founder of Own the Moment NFT. We now welcome Justin Herzig onto Hoopsology. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. And Justin, um, the past couple of months, we've been really trying to dip our toe in the NBA top shot. Like I tell all of our guests, I have done a complete 180 from thinking it's completely ridiculous to buy my first pack a couple of weeks ago. So it's been kind of full metamorphosis. So I think I want to start off with two people that are just never heard of NBA top shot or a little bit skeptical. Can you kind of give like as best you can a synopsis of where the platform is now that there's a little bit of buzz. We've seen it on some morning talk shows. We've seen some um, NBA players, um, you know, start to actually really get into it. We've seen, you know, Kevin Durant and uh, Michael Jordan invest in it. So as as best you can, can you kind of give where the platform is um, right now, you think? Yeah. So at the most basic level, it is digital sports collectibles. um, And it's using a new technology, blockchain technology to kind of enable this. Uh, specifically Top Shot is without a doubt the str- has a stranglehold on the market. They have the ones who have been the best at creating a level of adoption that makes it easy for new users kind of to go on, you know, join that on-ramp, be able to purchase, experience it, and making it a seamless process without having to know that there's this complex technology that's behinding it that's providing you all the benefits such as true actual ownership of it you actually to prove that there's not, you know, counterfeit or fraud to be able to kind of have these transactions happen so quickly. All of that is really great from a technology standpoint. But what Top Shot has done, what set them apart from some of the other NFT markets is just made it so easy for the average casual sports fan to really jump on in. And I mean, I'm sure as you saw, Justin, like, once you open a pack, that first experience, oh, it's invigorating. It's exciting. It brings you back to your childhood days of ripping open an actual physical pack. And uh, that's, I think, what kind of keeps people coming back. And what do you think is kind of the the long-term benefit of getting an NBA top shot? Because, you know, the headlines read, okay, this person's making this much money off of it. It's kind of like missing the point. And I guess the also there's a lot of skepticism as, okay, when is the bubble going to burst? But at the same time, when the pandemic first hit, you know, trading cards, there was a boom in that. So, like, I mean, to me, the criticism of NBA top shot in regards to like a kind of get quick you know, money kind of deal is kind of, you can say that about anything in terms of collectibles, anything you want to. So I guess my question is, can you kind of explain those that are skeptical that might be feel kind of a little bit weird? I guess what is to those that don't know a lot about the platform, what is kind of the the benefits of getting in on NBA Top Shot besides kind of, you know, what you see in the headlines of, hey, this person made this much money on just this card? Because I, I can see the benefits in terms of having a collection. I'm a huge Bulls fan. I want to have those moments for years to come. But for those who are skeptical, can you kind of lay it down for them? Yeah, I mean, if you are skeptical of the idea of joining on this platform and being able to turn $100 into $1,000, like, good. That's healthy skepticism. That's what you should feel because that's not what this platform should be from a long-term perspective. Without a doubt, in the early days, there were people who were able to get in early before it kind of really blew up from a, you know, a publicity standpoint and kind of engagement. And yeah, those people did see some solid rewards from a monetary stance. But the people who should really be you know, entering it now, and without a doubt, we are still in the very early days, but because you actually believe in the long-term um, of the feasibility, the long-term viability of this platform, you maybe think that, you know, you, so for me personally, uh, coming from the physical card market, um, was actually considering building a company that was going to take a look at how do we fix some of the problems of the physical card world? So the idea of how do we know that this is a counterfeit? 
if I want to sell it, how do I know what it's worth? I have to go on eBay. I have to kind of check that. If I want to get it, if I want to know, like, is it a good quality? I have to go pay to get it graded. I get that back in six months. And then I have to maybe hold it myself. I got to make sure it doesn't get damaged. Like the physical card market, there's a huge you know, interest in because we love the idea of holding keepsakes, of holding things that kind of tie to these athletes that we're fans of. But there's so many complications and difficulties and challenges with it. And what Top Shot does with this new technology is remove all that friction. And I think that's where the value is. And so this shouldn't be a get rich quick scheme. This shouldn't be a, I'm jumping on, I'm going to just, you know, flip these. Someone, some sucker is going to, you know, pay more than what I bought from. No, this is, I believe in the larger macro market that this is going to be a very promising product long-term. This is the future of sports collectibles. That's the long-term view. And then on a short term, there's a great opportunity of, you know, Hey, if you do want to do it because you want to maybe make some money, well, okay, let's think about it from a strategic stance of maybe you're able to identify a rookie before the market does and you want to make a bet that says, you know, a theoretical bet that, hey, I think this player is going to be great and have a great career, so I want to collect their cards early on. That's a bit more in the opportunity of how do I kind of, you know, make a couple dollars on here. But without a doubt, the number one is just the level of entertainment, engagement, fandom. I... I've always been a huge sports fan, but I'm not going to lie. Like NFL, MLB, those are probably kind of my bigger sports. It may be because I'm from Tampa and I don't have, you know, if there's no Tampa basketball team, who knows? But my level of engagement from the NBA um, from this has dramatically increased. To before, I'd probably watch a couple games here and there a week. Um, you know, I'm always following the standings and stuff and I've liked some players. But without a doubt, I'm watching the scores every single night today because I'm curious how are those players that I'm – you know, I've been purchasing their moments. How are they doing? I really have a, good, a strong stake in Joker. And I want to know, like, hey, is he still, you know, the front runner from the MVP? And so it really, you know, yeah, I still think I'm going to be able to make a, you know, a profit on this long term. But that's not my sole goal right now. It's more that collector's aspect. And sure, I don't want that. You know, I'm not paying for something that's going to just, you know, decrease or, you know, go to zero in value. You know, there's obviously some form of a strategic mindset here. But I'm doing it more in the larger ecosystem because I'm bullish on the long-term opportunity of Top Shot. And then within, it's kind of like playing a game. Justin, I'm curious, you know, another thing that skeptics of Top Shot and NFTs in general might might say, but specifically with Top Shot is, you know, there's a certain charm to opening like a pack of cards, touching it, turning the card around, seeing stats, that kind of thing. How does Top Shot compare to that? And, and how does it compete with that kind of skepticism and i guess what is the as someone justin has a pack i haven't bought one yet as someone who doesn't have a pack yet what is kind of the the comparative i guess charm aspect of of top shot and how does it i i definitely understand like what you're saying about you know the blockchain system and counterfeiting and removing all doubt from that which is i i think a huge plus of it certainly um, but how does it compete with regular trading cards in, in terms of that, I don't know, I guess kind of charm factor? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I think everyone, the three of us are all, you know, born in the 80s or before. Maybe, you know, we're yeah, not really the kids right. of the generation. Um, but if you look at what the younger generation is starting to do, their social capital is really built in a digital atmosphere, in a digital environment. So us three, you walk into my house, you go to my sports room. Look at this cool signed autograph. Look at this jersey I got. Like That's how we show off our fandom in our world. But now we have this new method of, hey, you want to see my fandom? Check out my phone. 
look at this moment that I purchased. Look at this kind of collection that I have. And it's going to be more than just Top Shot. There's going to be all forms of other kind of digital collectibles. Now that we're able to have true ownership in a digital format, that's what we're seeing. And I mean, if you could look at the FIFA, you know, FIFA, the, um, the actual video game, the soccer game, people were spending a billion dollars to rip these packs open to get these virtual cards so then they can play with that player on their team or get some performance boosts. And when that game is outdated and you're going to the next game, those disappear. You never really owned them. You just kind of had access to them. Now we've got the opportunity to actually have real digital ownership of this. And our world is just no longer limited by a physical domain. And Mark Cuban wrote a great article about this in probably late January, early February, where he talks about, hey, just because this might be a little different than us and an older generation understand, and it's a bit, you know, just, ah, I'd say, you know, it, it doesn't subscribe to those same kind of physical, real touching notions that we're so used to when we value things, that's not the way that value is going to act going forward. And what we're seeing with NFTs from moving to a physical art to a digital art, from physical playing cards to digital playing cards, from owning music on a CD, obviously you have the iTunes example, but now you actually are able to own a portion of that, a copy of that song and really showing that there are limited numbers. And maybe there's even that we're still so early in these days where there's an opportunity in the future for you can maybe even get some form of a royalty if you show investment. You maybe can invest in something before it reaches launch. And then as that be as successful in an artist, in a musician, as they reach success, you kind of have stake in them because you've made that investment. And this all is around the technology and the opportunity. But I think Top Shot is just one of the examples that shows the true real application today and being able to kind of permeate and, um, you know, just the average fan right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to see how this evolves. Uh, and another thing kind of shifting gears a little bit that I wanted to ask you about was with Top Shot specifically, how does it compare to other sports NFTs that you've seen? Like I've heard about a EuroLeague soccer NFT. How does Top Shot compare and what are kind of the, the pros and cons or maybe the advantages that Top Shot might have over other, other NFTs you've seen? Yeah, so let, let's look at some of the major sports. So, um, you know, European, I don't even say European because it's really global soccer. So, So Rare is another product out there. Um, and they've got, you know, some traction around there. They've got a bit more, bit more of a utility value for their NFTs because you can actually play kind of like a fantasy football style with them. Uh, but they also have some significant challenges um, because global soccer, there's so many different leagues. There's not just one league where you get that. If a player ends up leaving one league that you don't have a contract with, there's kind of some challenges there. Um, and for whatever reason, um, and you know, they also I don't believe they have the access to the actual highlights. It's more of just kind of a standing card. Uh, just, you know, hasn't had as much traction, but still the people who are in it are absolutely love it. And I think it's a bit more of an active game style rather than a passive collecting like some of the others. Uh, you then have MLB Tops. That just came out earlier last week. And some people say that might be a bit more of a, they took the physical you know, cards and just kind of put them on the blockchain. They kind of just made them digital and they didn't really take advantage of what digital has to offer. And that's what Top Shot really did with, you know, the highlights. Maybe we can actually start having some of the voiceover in there. They've gotten Mike Conley to actually uh, talk through and dictate what happened on one of his plays as well. So Top Shot's really from an innovative mindset, finding ways to, 
hey, we have this new, yeah, these new opportunities because what the technology enables, let's find ways to capitalize on that. We don't want to just take a physical thing and just throw it on the blockchain and say, okay, we're done. Um, and then I think the opportunity is to kind of think beyond there as well. And the NBA is without a doubt one of the most tech forward leagues that we see. Uh, even beyond Top Shot, the owners have come together to create a blockchain council to figure out how they have and find other opportunities for the technology. Um, and I think without a doubt, so Dapper Labs, the parent company of Top Shot, has already have um, you know line of sight to doing this with UFC, so MMA. They're also going to Dr. Seuss. Seems kind of interesting, but actually Dr. Seuss in the art war- in the art market is extremely popular. And so now they're you know, thinking, hey, not only is it sports collectibles, but let's figure out, can we kind of bring this idea of art, make it a bit more in that digital format and bring it to the mainstream user? And I'm just really excited to see kind of the level of innovation within Dapper Labs, but beyond Dapper Labs and the larger ecosystem. I mean, hey, we'll see what Tom Brady comes out with to his platform as well. Um, Justin, you mentioned the UFC getting involved with Dapper Labs, and I want to focus on on them and just how their highlights work because those are behind a traditional paywall compared to the NBA in which you can just see them anywhere. So I think not only with the UFC, but I guess boxing overall, but just I think combat sports behind a paywall and especially with boxing where those highlights are extremely rare. They belong, you, you mentioned the um, global soccer. I mean, boxing has a similar issue where you have billion promoters and you know fighters switch promoters all the time who has the rights to the highlights so do you see you know ufc dipping their toe do you see these highlights being more lucrative than traditional sports because one they're either behind a paywall or they're just so hard just to find in general yeah i think it all it all comes down to community and so much about this nft space is can you build a product that gets a community to rally around to engage with to obviously put money towards and that it has staying power. And so if we see that the UFC community, they do rally around this because NBA physical cards, we know those have value. We know that people love them. We know there's collectors. There's a market for that. UFC, that's kind of new. And I think some of your challenges that you mentioned around boxing, promotion, individual stuff, I think UFC solves for a little of that just because they have a bit more of their kind of UFC family. Um, But at the end of the day, like, yeah, Having the relationship and the lineman, the, you know, um, the agreement with the UFC is obviously important. But for those collectibles to actually be collected, the community needs to kind of support. And I think you'll see just because the success that Dapper Labs has had with Top Shot, you'll have some people from the Top Shot community that will spill over to that UFC as well. Uh, but they are going to need to have, you know, they're going to need to find ways to branch out and reach into that larger UFC market and draw those people in to really have that long-term. And I think one of the ways that they're likely going to do this is they're looking to have, you know, real world utility for these moments. Um, and so with the NBA, they've already kind of rumored towards like, Hey, maybe you're able to kind of uh, demonstrate your fanhood at an NBA arena by entering a kind of a top shot lounge, or maybe you own this player's moment and you get kind of a dollar off a, a drink or a beverage or something, or the other way around, Maybe you attended a game where a player broke in a single assist record or something. And because you're there, you get access, you get to own that moment. And my favorite is, so it's Sunday night. I believe it was Friday night, either Friday or Saturday, but Rohan, the CEO of Dapper Labs, uh, tweeted out an image of drones that were creating a QR code in the sky. And his idea was, 
hey, that's a great way to create a hyper-local NFT drop. So maybe if you're at a football stadium and only the people who are there use their phones and they point it up at those, those drones creating QR code, and those people all receive a drop of a certain moment. And uh, yeah, it's a bit forward thinking. I've seen obviously these drones do fireworks and stuff, but like just Roham on first thought, seeing that, putting that out there and thinking from an innovative standpoint of like, hey, that's a great way for us to capitalize and engage and bring people into this. I love that. Yeah, it's just really innovative. And I see uh, really this platform, the sky's the limit. Um, Justin, I want to get into to your website. Can you just walk us through like what, it, what your website does and how it came all about with Own the Moment NFT? Yeah, sounds good. So our website is otmnft.com. So Own the Moment NFT. And uh, this is a, you know, it's only been a couple months, but my co-founder and I, TJ Lasig, uh, we both come from an analytics background. We both come from the daily fantasy sports industry. I've been in blockchain technology for the past seven years, and he's been more in the digital analytics side. And we came together and we noticed that how big this opportunity was going to be and how challenging it was to really feel confident in your collection, feel confident in your values, feel confident in your research. So much of the process you know, prior, you know, over the past couple of months for many people has been taking notes with pen and paper, putting it in Excel, reaching out and trying to Google and figure out like, how do I find new discovery? How do I find out about these new things? How do I know if the purchase I'm making is a smart purchase or not? How do I know if this NFT platform is really just a money grab or it's legit? And so our goal is to really provide you with that one-stop shop for where you can do all your things NFT from a discovery from an analysis from an insights from a discussion from an actual the market from a trading wise we want to provide that one-stop shop you kind of think of it as the bloomberg for nfts gotcha um that that sounds really compelling i think you're really onto something with this new website that you're creating so we'll just have to keep uh, a lookout for that as well and, and to that point i want to add specifically with jordan investing in an nba top shot uh, i realize we're just we're just in beta so we're early we're in like the first quarter here of a very long process but i guess i want to ask not only with just jordan moments but other historical moments that will be eventually a part of this platform how do you think that's going to disrupt the the current market it is are you going to see it being disruptive of current moments or is it just kind of be business as usual in terms of hey you know those older moments are going to go you know for a lot more money but it's not going to really affect what's currently happening on a daily basis in the nba how do you think that's going to disrupt things because i can see just a massive disruption that couldn't imagine any kind of a michael jordan drop anything insignificant to some of his greatest moments as well as other historical players yeah, no, I think if anything, it just brings more people to the market. It brings more excitement, more interest, maybe an older generation for the players that they're used to following. Um, you know, if Michael Jordan moments drop, A, there's an option of like, how are they doing this drop? Like, is it just going to be a legendary, meaning there's only going to be maybe a hundred or a couple hundred of them available? If so, well, then that's only going to impact maybe the higher end market. But I don't think someone who has a LeBron moment is going to say, oh, I got to sell my LeBron so I can get my Michael Jordan. No, you want both. And so it just creates more opportunity there. Or the other is they may have an entire set of Michael Jordans. And not only do they have legendary, but they maybe have comments where you can get this moment and there might be 35,000, 50,000 of them. And yeah, that's still highly coveted. You still really want to get a Michael Jordan, but because there's still money in them, there's a lot more opportunity for people. And so end of the day, I wouldn't say that 
adding these older players or adding another sport or whatever it is, is going to completely disrupt the current market. I think, to be honest, each additional improvement in feature, improvement in the product is just going to create more interest and bring more people in who kind of have a love for whatever else we're building. And I wanted to ask in terms of the actual, I guess, platform itself currently trading only happens on on the NBA Top Shop, but I've seen some instances where you know fans are, hey, they have a um, digital collectible, and the exchange is, hey, I get tickets to this game. And I could you foresee, you know, the actual platform, a lot of the digital collectibles moving off of it and just being traded for anything, like you were mentioning earlier, just for a piece of art or for a piece of music, just kind of having cross-platform trading eventually. And if that's the case, do you see any roadblocks with Dapper Labs? Like, how would that work in your opinion? Yeah, so Rohan, the CEO of Dapper Labs, has outwardly stated that his plan is for these assets to be able to take an off out of, you know, off of flow out of the Dapper Labs family. Uh, because in the beauty of the centralized nature of blockchain technology, the beauty of the true ownership of this, I should have the ability to kind of remove this if I want and go make a trade on OpenSea or one of these other kind of third-party marketplaces, or maybe even within Dapper Labs family, but outside of MBA Topshop. Maybe I want to trade my LeBron James for a Mike Trout or a Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? But um, I think the beauty is that the technology allows for it, and uh, so, as I mentioned, I come from the enterprise side of blockchain, been there for seven years. And one of the most difficult challenges that people are talking about is interoperability. How do we get these different kind of blockchains to talk to each other? How do we have this kind of atomic movement of your assets, but from one to the other? And uh, these, aren't these aren't problems that have immediately been solved. This technology is still relatively immature. I mean, if you look back to the beginning of Bitcoin, right, like we're only about 10 years. Uh, and then from a more like enterprise, more feasibility, it's probably more than only like four or five year period. Um, and so Dapper Labs and some of these other companies are really at the cutting edge of trying to solve some of these true technical challenges. Um, and one of those being this kind of interoperability of platforms and moments. And uh, there's no question they want to and there's desires there. And uh, there's no question we're eventually going to get to that point. I, Justin, I wanted to ask kind of, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit off the wall <laughs> of a question, but in, in terms of the process of moment selection, do you know how Dapper Labs is doing that? Like say, you know, I'm looking at dipping my toes into buying a pack, but am I going to get like a moment that's, you know, uh, maybe an eighth man on the bench dribbling the ball off his foot or something and, and like that highlight. I mean, maybe that could be fun in, in some uh, instances, but do you know how the process works in terms of moments that they're selecting and then how they're releasing it? Cause it seems like, you know, from a library standpoint, I mean, you have like an infinite amount of material to draw from. Yeah. Uh, can you speak to how that's selected? Yeah. So for now there will not be any low lights. They have said that. So oh, yeah. uh, we're, gonna, we're sticking with highlights for now. Um, and so there's actually a process with the uh, NBA Players Association and, uh, and Dapper Labs and Top Shot, and they kind of go through every moment before it's minted. So they'll actually decide on what the plays are, what the highlights are, and uh, that's the process from kind of NBA game replay film selection to when it becomes a moment. Uh, then the process is it actually gets minted on the blockchain. Uh, so you can see, you know, hey, we're getting, you know, beginning of a new season. They call them, we're having beginning of a new series and we're going to mint another maybe 50 or 100 common moments. And so we can actually see, okay, what are those players? What's the highlight and so forth? 
then whenever they do pack drops, so let's say we're doing a common pack drop and it's going to cost me $9, I'm going to get three common moments. You can actually see before that drop, they'll give you a link to a spreadsheet and they'll show you all the moments that are included in that, in that drop and uh, how many of them as well. So you can actually, and we do it at the moment, we'll kind of calculate and say, like, oh, you have a 0.1% or a 1% chance of getting a LeBron James in this drop. You have a 2% chance of getting a LaMelo Ball rookie, and here's what that would have been. Uh, so there's full transparency about all of that. And uh, that kind of takes that process from that, you know, Dapper Labs, NBA Players Association, all the way to it comes to the end of the pack drop. And just two days ago on Friday office hours, they actually announced that they are going to create a kind of a fun um, hyper fans and that the true mega MBA fans are going to get the opportunity to kind of work with Dapper Labs to choose the next generation of moments. So whether or not that's kind of a cool one-off kind of thing or whether or not that has staying power, we'll see. Uh, but it's just another opportunity where, hey, they're uh, finding ways to engage and give some kind of cool experiences to the community. In your best estimate, Justin, when do you think NBA Tot Shop will be out of beta? Has, has that been announced in terms of where's kind of the next step of this platform will be? They have not announced it. Uh, and there's a couple couple different ways we can speculate. So one is one kind of rumor speculation going on is uh, there's a baller status, which kind of shows your you know gamifications and cool things you accomplish in the site. And one of them says, if you own a moment before, and I think the date is May 21st, maybe 22nd, one of those two, then you get this points that say you're an early adopter. So some people are thinking, maybe it's then. Uh, then we're getting close to the NBA playoffs. So maybe it happens during the NBA playoffs because they've said they want to kind of turn marketing on, but we're not full there, but soon. And then if not that, there's, okay, well, maybe after the offseason when we kick off for the beginning of next season. Um, I think that's you know, pure speculation. I don't know. I think that's the range. is anywhere between kind of May 22nd and the beginning of next season. Um, but the truth is um, just removing the word beta doesn't really do that much. They know that there are still some technical challenges that they're continuing to address. They're still continuing to work through, and they want to make sure that you know these pack traps are always available. They're open. Uh, they're really solving a lot of the challenges. And what they're doing right now is trying to build a company that's going to last for 100 years. And this is their words. And so any kind of small maneuvering, tinkering here and there is probably from an educational standpoint. They want to figure out how do we build a product that has that lasting staying power, understanding that occasionally it gives a poor user experience for someone who's in right now. But they also hope that the people who are in right now are such early adopters and early in the game that all the other benefits kind of outweigh some of those challenges. Justin, uh, thank you very much for the chat. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, please let our listeners and viewers know where they can find you on social media. Um, and I'll still uh, plug one more time the website and, thing, and anything else you're working on this year as well. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Much appreciated. Um, and so my name is Justin Herzig. You can find me on Twitter with that name, but more so I'm usually on the, our Twitter account, account at OwnTheMomentNFT. Um, and then we have uh, weekly shows. So Monday, Wednesday night, we've got YouTube shows. Uh, in our Discord channel, we release any kind of written um, analysis or so rankings. We can review challenge analysis. Uh, and then once again, you can always just check out the site, which kind of keeps track of a lot of our stuff and where uh, you can really do your own analysis at otmnft.com. And uh, honestly, if you're new to this space, if you have questions, feel free to reach out directly to me or to our team at the, at on the moment. We love this space. We are passionate about it. Our number one goal is to kind of 
increase the education element of kind of new people and people who are in this ecosystem because we want your experience to be a positive one. And we think the best way to do that is to kind of just be more informed about everything going on. And uh, that's really you know, what, what, what drives us. Well, Justin, thank you very much for joining the show. We really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday. Thank you.